Welcome to another episode of Viatorian Voices Conversations on the Way. As young adults head to college, some big questions arise and get asked many times. What do you want to major in? And then what do you want to do for a career? In college, you may try a few different majors and types of classes, and eventually you work your way toward a degree and next steps, a volunteer program, graduate school, job applications, different jobs and roles within a career, and more. Over the course of a few episodes, we want to talk to different Viatorian young adults who are a bit further down this road and invite them to offer some insights and reflections about how they worked through it. We hope their insights and discernment experience can benefit those working through discernments of their own. These episodes are an extension of our Viatorian Young Adult Accompaniment, a network of Viatorian-connected young adults in college and postgrad life who stay plugged into Viatorian life through our private Instagram, through regular check-in texts and DMs, through some online avenues including a faith-sharing group and group me, and the friendships they sustain among themselves. To join in, request to follow Viatorian YA on the Way on Instagram, or visit bit.ly slash YA on the Way, all lowercase, to share a life update with us and get looped in. Today, we'll talk to two young adults who became school counselors. Mike Leahy grew up in Palatine, Illinois, and attended Fremd High School. For college, Mike went to the University of Tampa for undergrad, where he studied government and world affairs, and also minored in philosophy. Mike went on for a master's in counseling at DePaul University and earned his professional counseling licensure. He worked at St. Bider High School for four years before moving on to a new role in public education. Mike Masterton grew up in Arlington Heights, Illinois and attended St. Bider High School. Mike went to Loyola University, Chicago, where he studied criminal justice. Mike also got his master's in counseling at DePaul University. After starting at Old St. Mary's School in Chicago, Mike now works as a school counselor at Carmel Catholic High School in Mundelein, Illinois. I'm pre-associate Dan Masterton, and that second guest I introduced is indeed my brother. Nonetheless, it was my pleasure to host this conversation for us. I started by asking the guys how they settled on their majors during college. To keep my mic straight, I addressed these gents by their teacher names. You'll first hear from Mr. Leahy, and then Mr. Masterton will follow up. Enjoy the conversation. My way I found my way into counseling is, is definitely a road that has a couple different curves in, in hills and valleys, as it were. I initially started at the University of Tampa thinking I was going to be a double major in marine science and marine biology. I mean, I only applied to one school back in Illinois. I applied to every other school in Florida and in the, in the South. And so it was really my, my sophomore year of college is where I had to make that hard decision of, well, because I always grew up thinking I was going to be a marine biologist and then really kind of pivoting. I, I eventually changed my major five times and and still didn't end up in counseling, ended up uh, with a degree in, in politics and in a minor in philosophy. But I think what really kind of started counseling for me was actually at the University of Tampa. They have a full year freshman program as opposed to just like a week freshman orientation. So where you're paired with a faculty mentor and then a student advisor. And so I was actually, to get some scholarship money, I applied to be a student advisor. And it was actually uh-huh. then the faculty member who I was working with saw the relationship I built with the incoming freshman class being an upperclassman. We actually, we were supposed to align with a certain curriculum, but we didn't necessarily see the best value in it. So we actually <laughs> built our own. And she just innately saw how, and I didn't even see it. But she's like, you should really potentially ed- like entertain the idea of like working in high schools. So I reached out to my high school counselor and asked if I could shadow a day and then was able to, who's now turned into be a really close professional 
ally for myself and a really good professional mentor shadowed him for a day just totally didn't even realize how much a school counselor does within the building and then realized that that might be my calling realized I was too far in the game but also didn't realize I needed a degree in necessarily in psychology in order to get to where I needed to be so once I started my my master's program at DePaul it was really everyone almost seemed like they were two steps ahead and I was <laughs> having to relearn all these theories and all these different you know motives and and strengths and approaches but it allowed me a deeper I think appreciation of of the overall the career and so being open to others input is actually how I end up finding my way to being a school counselor oddly enough yeah very fitting in kind of a roundabout way right mm-hmm. all right Mr. Masterton how did you make your way through undergrad to a major and and all of those questions <laughs> I, you know, similar in the sense that my undergraduate degree is not anything related, really. I mean, criminal justice was what I graduated with, and I had all of the hopes in the world to to join the police force because I think I was called mostly to, I enjoyed the, like the, the whole protect and serve and being a part of your community and folks seeing you out and about just helping overall. And so I think that was always what drew me to that field. And then I graduated with a degree and I, my first job was in security and it was just God awful and I hated it. And <laughs> I had that three in the morning, you know, feeling of like, what am I doing? Where should I be right now? And so Dan and I are blessed as, as well as our brother to, to have grown up in a family where education was so important and so vital to, to our day-to-day life. And having a mother who was a teacher, I think that's always in our DNA and in our blood. Like Dan has taught Tim has worked at, at St. Vider. And so I think being in a school is just kind of always where us Mastertons are supposed to be. <laughs> so that calling was always there. And so once the whole security thing didn't work out, I kind of regrouped. I came home both literally and, you know, metaphorically <laughs> and decided to to see like, where where can I jump in where it's not too late, where I don't have to do too much. And so that's where I found special ed. And I was able to work with adults on the uh, on the autism spectrum for five years in all ways, shapes, and forms, whether it was a day program, whether it was in the community, volunteering, helping get them jobs, whatever it might be. And I learned so much in those five years of how to really help people who who need it, who who want it, who don't ask for it, and who can't necessarily at all times advocate for themselves. And so I think that has always been kind of the driving force of, of being an advocate for others and having that in the back of my mind, enjoying being in a school setting, I was able to tie those two together and say, okay, I think school counseling is where I need to be. And shout out to brother Rob at, in the Viatorians. He was my <laughs> school counselor and he was someone who I always, I just loved seeing when I was in high school and I, I didn't go to his office all the time, but it was always just nice to be able to pop in here and there. And even after I graduated, like he was still somebody that I liked to talk to and stay in touch with. So having him as that model of here's somebody who does his job very well, but it's not like over the top, but just does it very well. And it's just an easygoing person. And I wanted to be someone like that. And so that's what led me to, you know, seek out to Paul. I didn't necessarily need to have as many qualifications, kind of like you were saying, where we were jumping in a little bit late because our degrees didn't necessarily match mm-hmm. up, but I think that desire was always there and that's what helps you jump in and, and get going in that lane of, okay, I, this is where I'm supposed to be. It's been awesome ever since. 
So since both you guys had to do another round of school to layer up on what you did in undergrad and get a little more specialized and focused, what was it like to you know look at programs, look at costs, look at the time commitment, look at the different tracks that were in front of you, and then kind of take the plunge to step out of this like adult life that you were starting to build and kind of become a student again? What was that like for you, Mr. Masterton? I mean, to to be honest, I didn't even consider any other programs except for DePaul. Okay. I knew I needed to stay within the Chicagoland area. I was in the burbs at the time. And to be entirely transparent, DePaul is very nice because they don't require you to take a test to get into their program. So like the fact that it, it made that transition so smooth and easy and having come from Loyola University, go Ramblers, like... I've seen the value of a Catholic education and I wanted that to continue. And so it was like a no brainer for me. All of those things, just it checked all the right boxes. And DePaul has such a strong reputation for creating not just like counselors, but just wonderful students. And so it was just a no brainer. How'd you find your way there, Mr. Leahy? Yeah, I think um, mine, it was a bit, um, I was between two programs. I was between Loyola and DePaul, both in the city of Chicago. But I think ultimately it was, I think, a combination of two things. A, it was just financially speaking, not that any one program was necessarily cheaper than the other, but in a practicality sense, I knew I needed to work during the day. And Loyola's program is more of a program that lends itself to where students have the flexibility of being able to attend school during the day. Then I think it's a great program versus DePaul's programs entirely mostly night school or weekend classes based. So from a practicality standpoint, DePaul is actually a better fit in addition to not needing to take a test because I certainly am not the best test taker. I am uh, <laughs> proud to own that. In addition to that, I think it was also just like, I think just inherently taking a risk and really trusting in that this was the right decision for me because moving from the suburbs into the city and finding a job to work your nine to five and then having to go to school at night, like understanding that you're going to have to take a financial risk, but knowing and having the confidence in yourself that it's an investment that's worthwhile really sort of has paid off and one that I think it was, was certainly very scary to do, but one that I certainly do not regret at all taking. Yeah, I hear that. So, you know, you get through that discernment kind of wave and you move through a program bit by bit and you get your degree or licensure and then you go to work. How has it been actually doing that work now for a few years, each of you, where you're actually like in the room, you're actually face to face with these students? Do you find that it is like vocationally fulfilling and that you've gotten somewhere you hoped you would be? And the other thing that's kind of interesting, especially those of us who are in maybe the moderate to lower end of like lucrative professions, do you feel that whatever money you may have left on the table by not pursuing finance or something is worth it? And that, you know, you're in a spot where you feel like you're doing something important and you're serving people and that whatever financial gap there might be, you can kind of stomach and feel okay about. What do you think, Mr. Leahy? How do you feel about all that? I think, and I'm sure, Mike, I'm sure you can agree, I think, with this too, is I think as well as DePaul or any other school counseling program can prepare you, much like teaching, much like really, I think, any sort of career, you really don't start to learn and really become a not competent counselor, but like a really like <laughs> one that can speak to like real life and real like examples until you're actually within the building and actually seeing and meeting your students. And I remember first student who I met with when I started 
working as a counselor at, at St. Vider, uh, we had our, our admin assistant like talk me up to this kid and even the admin assistant doesn't even know who I am. Like wasn't in any of my interviews or anything like that. Just immediately met me. We worked a couple of days over the summer. Like, oh, Mr. Lee, he's so great in this. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I hope that I'm not like saying anything wrong. And I think once I got over the hurdle of understanding that, you know what, and being in transparent with, with students and one of the things too is saying like, you know what, I make mistakes all the time and that's okay. That's just part of life. That's how we learn and willing to embrace knowing that you may not make the right decision, but at the end of the day, as long as you have a student, a parent, a stakeholder's interest in the best mind that that's been a guiding principle that ultimately now being, you know, this will be going into my fifth year now. So I've actually had four graduating classes of students that I've overseen and having them even like shoot me an email once they've gone on to college or even now my first class is about to graduate college now and just kind of connecting with me in other ways, I think is affirmed to me that it's, it's the career that, that I think, A, I'm most passionate about, but one that, you know, is really kind of one I don't see myself really taking. And I think to me that that can fill that financial gap. I also didn't really know and major in anything else like super big. So <laughs> even if I could have had a bigger financial gap, I think I'm proud in the ignorance that I don't know what I could have messed up on. Yeah, right. You could have been a philosopher. Right? I, I could have been because that <laughs> definitely pays the bills. <laughs> oh, man. All right. What's your experience, Mr. M? What have you seen as you sit in your office desk and meet with these kids? I think there could probably be an entire class in grad school, especially for school counselors, about imposter syndrome, because mm -hmm. we get taught so much about, you know, the nitty gritty, the details. Here's how you can walk through a risk assessment. Here's how you can, you know, deliver a curriculum based on whatever it might be. Like you learn all of those book type learning skills, but then you are not prepared. You can be as well prepared as possible, but when you get to that job that first day and you get thrown in, you're going to sit there and be like, yeah, what am I doing again? Like it all just vanishes. Like you're kind of like stage fright, but I don't think that feeling ever really goes away. The imposter syndrome. Cause I feel like even as you get more and more experience, you're still kind of in the back of your mind thinking like, wait a minute, I, maybe there's still more. I don't know. Or especially in a high school setting as you know, these last few weeks we've been doing, like course registration and picking classes and setting that all up. I'm always like, wait a minute, did I forget something? Like, am I forgetting to say that this about your math track or whatever it might be? Like, that's always kind of there. But I think the mark of doing a really good job and letting a lot of that stuff go further back in your mind is like the students who constantly come to your office or who are stopping by to say, hey, in between classes or before and after school, like, I love doing what I get to do because from, you know, when I get to work and when I leave, I leave work there, but I have a really good time with it. And like the nice part about, especially being in Catholic schools. And I found that at old St. Mary's and even now at Carmel is the more that you can do, the better you'll be at your job. Like I love being able to lead a club after school. I love being able to be a part of different committees or different teams where I can work with students who aren't necessarily on my caseload, but I get to know more and more students in the building. And that helps me feel like, okay, I'm doing a good job. They know who I am. They know that they have somebody here who's who's looking out for them. And I think that's the key. Like all that other stuff, the scheduling, the, um, the building of, of whatever it might be, that stuff's fine. Like you can learn how to do that more and more. But like when you're face-to-face -face with a student working with somebody and having them know that 
they trust you, they believe in you. Like that's the key to what we do. And that's the money doesn't matter to me. I would mm. I'd much rather be able to make connections with so many different students and see them come back or see them reach out and say, you know, thanks for whatever it was that we were able to do for them. So I would imagine that neither of you got to that mindset uh, by accident. It, it tells me that you probably come from, you know, a background where you prioritize connecting with people, you prioritize being present to those who who come to you with a problem that they need you to help them solve. So how do you get there? What can you look back, you know, from here in, in our young adulthood? What can you look back to in your childhood or your teenage years, maybe during college, somewhere maybe in your prayer or spiritual life? Is there maybe something in like a faith community, maybe like a faith mentor? And Mike, you already mentioned Brother Rob. Are there Viatorians or other people from maybe like church pastoral staffs that played a part in it? Can you, it, sometimes hindsight is clearer than the present moment and you start to see how those dots maybe connected along the way. What else do you remember, uh, Mr. Masterton? For me, yeah, especially with Brother Rob, we'll give him as many shout outs here as he like, because hopefully he'll <laughs> <laughs> he, he was just just awesome again. Like like you said, being present in the moment, he's someone who's like the the poster child for that. He's He's there for you and he will listen to you and he really relates well to you. Um, but in conjunction with that, I would say having gone to Loyola for my undergrad degree for three of those four years, they do such a great job of delivering their, their message. You know, Jesuits are educators as well, and they really are in tune with who they work with. And, you know, all of that messaging that you'll see, no matter what Jesuit university or school you're at, like for the greater glory of God, you do things for the greater glory of God. And Cura Personalis was another one they really kind of like not say hammered in, but like it was part uh, wrapped into a lot of the classes and just the overall feel at Loyola. So like being able to care for the whole person, not just, we're not just here to give, to make sure you get straight A's. We're here to make sure that you are a good person who's ready to take on the world and to do whatever it is that you're called to do, to do it well. And to, as they say, you know, set the world on fire. So I think <laughs> having that as my foundation kind of led me towards that path, even if like security didn't work out right away for me, it was meant to happen to get me to where I am now. Yeah, for sure. One of the themes we've noticed when we have these conversations with young adults is that like God doesn't waste any of these experiences. As long as you're present and attentive and you give of yourself to whatever it is you're doing, there's something there that can have an impact on you impact on others that carries forward you might not know it right then and there but you can kind of see it as you look back and piece it all together what do you see mr Leahy, as you look back yeah so i think i think our lord like works in in so many unique and in in interesting ways and and i think the biggest highlight what i'll focus on kind of answering your question is kind of take it how i've seen that not just from the students that i work with but i think also the the professionals who i've been lucky to be able to work with so Growing up in Palatine, living within like a block away from, from, from high school, but having my father grow up in Catholic education, actually attended Carmel Mundelein, was always a big advocate for Catholic education. However, just given where our family was at the time, and it just wasn't necessarily in our future. So it was funny in, in how he really advocated in trying to push both myself as well as my younger brother and potentially attending St. Vider for high school. But then that actually being my first school counseling job and being able to work with so many passionate educators and particularly Viatorians within the high school building, I think has helped me learn, I think, for some of the strongest 
not only just counselors, but also faculty educators that I can be in that paired with the classroom instruction, but also knowing and being not afraid to ask questions in terms of not necessarily, did I do this right? Or as opposed to like, what would have your approach have been and being able to kind of mold um, my philosophy and how I approach my job, but also respecting and seeing how I can incorporate the values of other Catholic educators, I think overall has helped me to become that much more of a better counselor, better educator. And I think overall just even has helped me form into and has helped me become stronger and not only just my faith, but also, and even some of my core values too. Yeah, that's interesting. So the last question then, you know, not that you guys are wise men with all the answers, but you have been through a few things as you get into your career. You know, if you think of a teenager who's maybe thinking about what college to go to or what to major in, you think of an undergrad who's trying to decide a major and start tracking towards some kind of career. But even if you think of, you know, someone who's post-grad, who's, you know, wrestling with whether the job they're in is a good fit or if they need to pivot or go back to school, what kind of stuff would you say to people who might be considering counseling? Is there anything you wish you knew when you were a teenager, or a early 20 something mm -hmm. that you'd want to pass along that maybe could be impactful to someone to find out a little earlier? So Mr. Leahy, what do you have up your sleeve? Well, Mike, I think what, what we can do is we can, we can author uh, a book together and maybe we could be an adjunct professors and, <laughs> and co-teaching a class on how, what not to expect in your first year being that we both kind of started in a global pandemic, but, you know, having so many different, you know, I, I think educators and whole say like the past five years have been so, the career has shifted so much, but I think that's also, at least I'll speak for myself, has helped me approach every day differently. Like I never see myself going to work. And I think the largest part and the largest advice that I could give a young adult, someone who is either even considering counseling is, is be open to conversation and just be open if I wasn't open, then I would not have found this career. Being able to listen to not even just the advice of elders, but even just the advice of your your peers. And even now kind of talking with the friends who I've known since I was like in kindergarten and said like, yeah, you know what? I can totally like, like you're right where you need to be. And so I think there's really, and, and again, it's maybe it's just the, the inner counsel in me. I think there's, there's power <laughs> in conversation, but I think there's even more power in being open-minded and, and having open ears to hearing the advice of others. And again, not just of your elders, but of those who might know you the best. Something that even I tell my students now is that if they don't necessarily know what their skills are, it's almost kind of like, it's like your nose, right? They say that you can always see your nose, but your brain kind of tunes it out because it's always there. Your strengths are always there. So you may not always see those. You always recognize the weaknesses, like the blemishes you may have, you may not like a certain way. You may not like something like that. Like, don't focus on that. We have to figure out in ourselves what we are strongest in. And it takes others for ourselves to realize that. So I think being open and being a good listener and that's listening to others would be my advice. What do you got to say, Mr. Masterton? Any wisdom to convey here? When I sit with my students who are juniors, seniors, even some sophomores who will come in and ask me about like college questions and whatnot, what I would what I would say is find whatever it is that makes you come alive, whatever it might be that you really enjoy studying or reading about or even just doing. Pay attention to those things because they matter. Like if you are a voracious reader, maybe an English major you might not think has a lot of paths forward for you, but like there's a lot of different ways that you can use an English major or, you know, degree. 
Um, and so by paying attention to whatever it is that you really enjoy doing, follow that path. Like I tell kids, like something that was drilled into us at DePaul was don't reinvent the wheel. Like, don't feel like you have to take on the whole world, like a simple Google search, but like, I like to read, what can I do? Like type of thing, right? Like keep it simple, like just kind of start there. And so with regards to school counseling, you can't get an undergrad degree in counseling. And so if that's something that somebody came to me and said, I want to become, you know, I want to do what you do. I'd say, that's fantastic. Just find first your undergrad degree is going to be something in basically problem solving, whatever your degree is going to be, you're going to learn those, those ways to figure things out. You're going to find out what your boiling points are, what your freezing points are, what's going to make you, you know, come alive and what's going to piss you off. So (laughs) figuring out, I think the place where you want to do that is key. And then also kind of like what was previously said, like being open to change. Like if it doesn't work out for you right away, that's okay too. Don't feel like you have to be so firmly planted because there's so many options for you. As somebody who transferred after his freshman year, I saw that was the best path forward for me. And so even, and then as well as somebody who doesn't necessarily use their undergraduate degree currently, like I learned a lot of problem solving skills and critical thinking skills because of that undergraduate degree. So make sure that you're going somewhere where you feel that, you know, that's a good fit for you. That's going to be somewhere that you really enjoy being and then go from there. And if you go in undecided, that's okay. You'll find your path, but just pay attention to what's around you. Absolutely. I think as counselors, that's always been our main mm-hmm. focus, just, just like that awareness. Building your self-awareness is such a huge skill that some people still are working on, but like, it's so important to be able to know what's going on around you and what's really making you feel alive. That's all for this episode. We thank Mike and Mike for their insights and pray for their continued success and fulfillment in their work. Viatorian Voices Conversations on the Way is a production of Viatorian Vocation Ministry. The Viatorians are professed brothers and priests together with women and men lay associates, who proclaim Jesus Christ and his gospel and raise communities where faith is lived, deepened, and celebrated. In the footsteps of Venerable Louis Kerbs and under the patronage of St. Vider, we strive to do everything well, so that through us, Jesus may be adored and loved. To learn more about our community, visit viatorians.com or follow us on social media at ViatorianUSA. Those seeking support and accompaniment in exploring God's invitation for them are invited to reach out to Vocation Ministry. Send us a DM on social media or email vocations at viatorians.com to start a conversation. Young adults seeking to engage with the Viatorians and other Viatorian young adults can request to follow our private Instagram at viatorianya on the way to connect. On behalf of Brother Peter and the Viatorian community, I'm pre-associate Dan Masterton. Venerable Louis Curbs, inspire us. St. Vider, pray for us. Adored and loved be Jesus. Mm-hmm.